0: Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic
1: Radio. Welcome, everyone. This is Letty Medina, and I'm your host this week for uh, Healing the Whole Person. And in the studio with me today is a good friend, um, Monique Morales. And I had Monique on the show a little over a year ago, and um, she shared during that time a bit about her work with this beautiful priest from Rwanda, Father Ubald. And I have invited her back to share more because um, Father Ubald went home to our dear Lord on January 7th of this year um, due to COVID. And uh, so I think a lot of people have heard about his work in healing ministry. He probably touched many, many lives of uh, people all around the world. I know he did based on uh, the stories I've heard. And so I just thought it would be a wonderful thing to update the listeners about a little bit about his his life and legacy, Monique, and a little bit about, again, you know, how, how you are doing and... Those who loved him and what they're thinking about his ministry and how it will last beyond him now that he's gone home to our Lord.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And and there's no doubt, indeed, he he was an amazing, beautiful priest that touched so many lives. And it's just an honor to be able to share his story with everyone and, and to talk about him.
1: Yeah. And so let's start at the very beginning. You know, tell a little bit about his history,
0: who he was, where he came from, and sure, his history is a long one, but briefly, he uh, was a diocesan priest in Rwanda and has, was a priest for over 35 years. Such a beautiful, beautiful life. Um, unfortunately, in 1994, the Rwandan genocide occurred and that was two ethnic tribes fighting against each other, the Hutus going against the Tutsis and Father Ubald was a Tutsi. Um, the genocide was horrific. Uh, hundred or One million people were killed in a matter of 90 days. Uh, they were slaughtered Slaughtered. 45,000 of his parishioners were, were executed. Uh, 80 members of his family were killed, including uh, his mother. And so... It really was very impactful. Um, over a million people fled Rwanda during the time of the genocide and father had received a word uh, from our Lord saying that he should should leave. And in the middle of the night on foot, he fled to the neighboring Congo and survived the genocide. Unfortunately, uh, so many were killed, but he, he managed to escape. He went to Lourdes, France for some time After that, to gain peace and and to pray about forgiveness and really healing his country. And in that time, he heard our Lord say to him, Ubald, carry your cross. And at that moment, he knew that he must go back to his country to preach love and forgiveness and healing. Wow, that's that's an incredible um, witness after
1: going through something so horrific. I mean, just the facts that you shared. A million killed over three months, and then uh, 1.2 million or, or, the, or thereabouts that had to flee their own country. And I think, you know, here we are in the United States, we're so privileged, and none of us probably, or most of us, have never had to experience this kind of, horror in our own personal lives, it's almost
0: unimaginable. It is unimaginable and, you know, there was no safety for anyone. There was no refuge. So, babies were killed. The elderly were killed. I mean, there was nowhere to go. Yeah, Uh, There was nowhere to go and, and, you know, many of his parishioners actually came to the parish to hide in the parish and so he protected them. He was there with them and, um the adversaries came and said, you know, if Ubald, Father Ubald does not leave, then we will kill everyone. Um, Not knowing it was a trap, of course, Father Ubald left to spare all the lives of these people. And sure enough, as soon as he left, they were all killed, massacred. So it really, they're so broken. And, And many of the perpetrators are so regretful. They were forced to kill yes. or they would have been killed themselves. So, um, you know, I, I heard one witness of a Rwandan who said he became like a madman, a crazy man, because he was trying to save his own life but then forced to kill others and... What do you do? You know, it's, he didn't a,
1: know where to turn. I mean, it's a mob mentality, right? And we've seen little snippets of that kind of behavior in the United States recently with some of the gatherings Absolutely. and the angry people. And yes, some, some killings that have occurred on a very small scale compared to this. But again, I mean, the, the reality is this is darkness. This is evil coming against uh, the people who are, we are the children of God, right? And Amen. um So it's not surprising that uh, this priest was warned by the Lord to, to leave
0: so that he could then be a messenger of hope, right? He was, and so he returned to his country With a mission, really, with a mission. And he began to preach back at his parish and preach love and forgiveness to the perpetrators and the survivors alike. And one day he was preaching in prison about forgiveness. And a man stood up. His name is Stradon. And he said, I know you. You preach forgiveness. I am the man who killed your mother. Oh, my gosh. And so, Father went over to him and he said it was very difficult and he hugged him but he said in the name of jesus i forgive you and he truly meant it there was you know it's a grace i believe it's a grace and he had prayed and, and really looked into his own heart to get to that point and he said without you know nothing without jesus and in the name of jesus i forgive you and he walked away from that man the man didn't know what to do and father thought to himself, you know, you, you with forgiveness, there must be mercy. You must be merciful. And so he said, I wonder, I don't know if that man truly knows that I truly did forgive him. Walking away that day and an occasion occurred where um, the wife of the man that was in prison had died. And so his two children were orphaned. And father said, oh, this is a perfect way to show mercy bring me those children and he adopted the two children and raised them and provided um, all their education the one is a carpenter today the the man and the young lady is now a medical doctor and so it touched so much the man who who was in prison it had this rippling effect and that man was able to forgive himself and ask for forgiveness and he would preach in the prisons it was it got you know when he was being released after his time in prison the guards used to say what are we going to do when he leaves because he's converting all the prisoners (laughs) because he experienced this huge conversion by god's grace because of the way father embraced him and reacted and loved him (laughs) exactly he brought christ he brought christ to him for sure and so you know what a beautiful thing as we reflect on our own lives These small little things that maybe we have unforgiveness that, that, you know, as Father said, they're a block. They're a block to receiving God's graces when you have unforgiveness. But when you can release that and forgive and be merciful blocks are removed and then God's grace can really pour down in and through you and out of you to others yes. as it did in the prison.
1: So beautiful and I, I just, I really think this is like, this is such a critical message and to anybody who's listening out there who has, who is struggling with uh, unforgiveness in their heart for whatever reason you know, whether it's someone has treated you badly, someone has actually harmed you, uh, someone has harmed someone you love as Father Ubald experienced with his mother's death um it it is a grace given to us right we we cannot forgive because we're too weak as human beings and we're sinful Mm -hmm. right and we have a hard hard time forgiving but if we ask for god to give that grace to us to pour his healing mercy into our hearts then our hearts will change and then that mercy can flow through our hearts to the people that need that that we need to forgive
0: Amen. And and you don't necessarily have to wait for the person to apologize or to no. ask for forgiveness. It's a gift. Forgiveness is a gift you give yourself and it's a gift you give someone. Absolutely. So regard like just like as in this case with father, the man asked for forgiveness after father had already forgiven him. Exactly. And you look and you think about Jesus on the cross and he forgave those very men that were stabbing nails into his feet into his hands he forgave them they didn't they weren't asking for forgiveness they were ridiculing him yes and he completely gave up himself with mercy and forgave them yes i think we're called to do that and sometimes it is hard sometimes it is difficult very difficult but in the name of jesus we can do anything i a- think
1: amen and and i think again you know if you look at it this way that if you have unforgiveness what you what what has happened to you is you're in a cage that you can't get out of because that, that unforgiveness is kind of holding your heart in a mm, cage. Mm. And the key to opening that cage is the, the mercy and the and the grace from God to be able to forgive, right? And you unlock mm. that door, that cage that you're trapped in um, so that you can get out of that anger and that um, terrible darkness. So it, it's a suffering for
0: people when they it can't forget. It's, there's bitterness there usually mm-hmm. and anger. Agre- and I think if you if you can recognize it, that's that's a big step. You know, we look at how attacked the families are um, in today's world and the wedges because of unforgiveness of a sibling or this. And, and I mean, things people don't even remember anymore why they're upset with each other, but they're not getting together at Christmas or, you know. to to ask for the grace of forgiveness and to letting go. And as Father used to say, forgiving isn't saying, I forgive you, but I never want to see you again. That's not true forgiveness. That's not being merciful. Forgiveness, you know, and he would equate it to his people is... I forgive you and come over for some coffee. I would like to have you for some coffee and, you know, bring you a gift. There's true healing. There's true healing.
1: So beautiful. And again, I if we bring it back to the simple stuff, right? Jesus told us the most perfect prayer, you know, our Father who art in heaven, and it gets to forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against Mm -hmm. us. And we so often pray that prayer, and yet we still struggle. (laughs) To forgive. And so Jesus has asked us to forgive so that he can then pour mercy into our lives as well. Amen. And we've got to live that out, brothers and sisters, so that we can be more like Christ.
0: Amen. Amen. So beautiful. So
1: why don't you share a little bit about your own personal healing?
0: So I met Father Ubald about five or six years ago and a friend of mine had said there's this priest from Africa. who has a beautiful healing gift. So he um, had a beautiful healing gift and gift of knowledge um, that was going to be at the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help in Green Bay, Wisconsin, in Champion, Wisconsin, actually. And so we went to pray. And I had an allergy to the sun at that time. I couldn't be in the sun at all. And after the Mass, uh, Father does a procession with the Blessed Sacrament, with the Eucharist. And then he starts receiving words of knowledge of what Jesus is healing and I was healed. So, you know, praise praise be Jesus. He healed me of my, my allergy to the sun and through the prayers of Father Ubald. So that's how I got to know him. I met him and, and I was just so thrilled. And I came back to Chicago And that evening actually felt a little guilty. Like there were so many really sick people there that were dying. And why me? Why was I healed? I could have suffered with this and, you know, it was not terminal and... You know, and I heard in my heart the gifts that God gives us are never for us, they're for others. And I thought, you know, I know so many people with cancer and sick people here in Chicago. I think I was healed to help Father Ubald come to Chicago and to touch lives here in Chicago area. And so that's how it came to be. I I got a hold of him and invited him and started setting up masses with healing prayers all throughout the area. And people started coming. And you Praise know what that,
1: what that makes me think of, Monique, is um, the story of the of the ten lepers, right? And you had this skin condition, <laughs> yes. and you were healed, and then you said, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to give thanks to God by inviting this priest to come and touch other people's lives. So that, to me, is just a beautiful witness in oh, your and life.
0: It was, and, and I tell you, it was a privilege and, and such an honor to be work with father i truly believe in my heart that he was a saint walking on this earth he lived such virtue and knowing knowing his history and how much love and virtue and healing he was offering others it was such an emptying of himself and everyone who touched him knew him met him was so deeply moved by him. My children adore him. Um, so it was a beautiful gift. I felt like m- my healing really was a beautiful gift for for me to spend time with this beautiful priest, and then also to help others and to bring others to to Christ. And so he came twice a year to Chicago in those in the last five years, um, and loved coming here. He wrote he wrote a book on forgiveness that is a great book if anyone would like it. It's on his website or on Amazon. And it talks about his witness, his testimony of forgiveness, and then it gives meditations to help you t- kind of move your heart to forgive. And, and he wrote much of that book here in Chicago, actually. So, so it was a beautiful to have him here. Yeah,
1: how wonderful. And I would have to say just based on knowing you and witnessing your, your life of faith too, that the healing you received went deeper them the skin right like
0: it did and in during the mass you know he he used to talk about these five keys of being able to open up your heart five keys to open the doors um actually that he adopted by neil lazano's book unbound i think covers them and it was just you know like the first key is to be grateful to be so grateful to god for everything from your parents, when you're being born, you know, all the all the graces in your life and the blessings. And then forgiveness is the next key in, in learning how to forgive and also ask for forgiveness in your heart mm-hmm. um, to everyone who maybe you have hurt, whether it's with words or deeds or, or, or anything. And then there was deliverance and, and you asked the Lord to remove any evil spirits that were Harboring you from from really meeting Christ, whether it's you know it could be an evil spirit of envy, of jealousy, of alcoholism, of pornography. I mean, you you know we we know there's so many evil spirits out there. Yeah. Um, addiction, and so and then an acceptance of Christ. The fourth key is renewing renewing your your life in Christ and renewing your baptismal vows in Christ and then the fifth key father would walk around with Jesus in the blessed sacrament and and would you would receive a blessing and so it truly there was a healing, a spiritual healing for me for sure before the physical healing. And I think that oftentimes happens that the, phys- the spiritual healing is much bigger than the physical healing follows. You know, I, I'm sure I had unforgiveness in my heart and I know I wasn't grateful for so many things, you know, that I kind of blessings that I let pass by me and either forgot to give thanks to God or took for granted Yeah, um, from my childhood up until now. And so for, definitely I felt a weight lifted after that mass. I was just lighter. It was incredible. And then the physical healing did follow that. You're right. So
1: beautiful. Um, Can you share any thoughts, um, if if Father ever spoke about the the reality that some people did receive healings and some people didn't?
0: Yes, and that was always a big question to him. and, And people would say, you know, why was I healed and why wasn't I? And some people are healed and then the the illness comes back. And he always smiled, and when people would ask him that, he would say, that is the first question I'm going to ask Jesus <laughs> when I go home, because I wonder that too, because I just want everyone to be healed. Exactly. But he, I remember a time where... Uh, he, was, he was telling me of a mass, and he was doing a procession, and there was a young girl. He never knew, when he received the words of knowledge, he knew what was healed, but he never knew who was being healed. Kay. There was only two instances, and one of them, it was this young girl who was in a wheelchair, and it just looked like, I don't know what her medical issues were, but there were many. Mm-hmm. And so... He said to me, you know, when I was walking around with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, I stopped in front of her, and I remember thinking to myself, oh, Jesus, this case is so difficult. It's too difficult. There's so much that needs to be healed here. It's too difficult. (laughs) And he kept walking and praying for everyone else, and then when he was receiving the words of knowledge he saw, she had a striped jacket on, and so he saw the striped, because sometimes the words of knowledge came in words, and sometimes it was kind of a video in front of him. Mm -hmm. And he saw her, and he recognized her because of the striped jacket, so he knew the healing was her. Oh, beautiful. And he said, you know, it was just a reminder to me that nothing is impossible with God. And here, in my human form, I'm thinking this case is so difficult, and yet Jesus, in his love and beauty, you know, healed her. So... He didn't really have a succinct answer for why some are and some aren't.
1: Exactly. And, and the reality is God is in control, right? And we don't always understand why God chooses to heal some and chooses not. But we have to trust in his love
0: Amen. no matter what. Amen. And, I, and I, I do think, though, that there was always a spiritual healing. Yes. Whether people were physically healed or not, if they meditated and they went through the, the five keys and truly... You know, got on their knees in front of our Lord, there was no doubt there was spiritual healing there always. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think that is an important thing to remember for any of you who have gone to a healing service asking to be healed and perhaps you haven't received the healing you were asking for. Do trust that the Lord blessed you. The Lord poured grace into you because Amen. you showed up and it's that gift of faith that you're seeking and trusting in his love. He is going to give you what you need, even if it's not what you want.
0: Amen. Amen. And in full disclosure, my allergy is coming back on my hands, not my body, but my hands. And I just praise God for the five years of reprieve he gave me. I just praise God and I'm so thankful for the time that I had of this grace. and, And I know it was to help with father's mission and and now that mission is complete. So, thank you. I just I just that. give thanks. Exactly. I just give thanks to God. I have nothing but gratitude. Oh, that's
1: beautiful. One other comment before we go to break is um You know, I know that you say he went to Lourdes, France, and some of our listeners might not know that much about Lourdes, but um, Lourdes is the site of apparition where uh, the Blessed Mother appeared to uh, Bernadette, and she's now a saint, um, canonized saint, and um, a, a, a spring of water Mm-hmm. Came up from the ground, and Blessed Mother said there would be a spring of healing waters, and it happened. And so, it's not surprising to me that when he went to Lourdes right, that he, Our Lady, yes. kind of was part of his mission, right?
0: I ag- I agree, and and he is he has su- had such a strong devotion to Our Lady. The Rosary was his weapon, as he said, and in he always had his rosary and and when he was here visiting us i can tell you you know on the way to healing masses sometimes they were 2 hours away sometimes we were praying the rosary and he was already praying for the healings for praying for everyone that was going to be at the mass, and when we left the mass, no matter how exhausted we were, three four hours later, we were praying the rosary in thanksgiving to our Lady, to our Lady for her intercession, and to our Lord for the healings that had taken place. So the rosary and our Lady. He he went to Medjugorje every year. He had a very strong devotion to our Lady. Yeah,
1: and it's interesting that you say that because I'm involved with healing ministry as well, and that's exactly what we do. We pray the rosary on our way to meet with people to pray with them and we pray the rosary on our way after even though we're exhausted from Mm -hmm. all the you know it's it's exhausting the the holy spirit shows up and it's powerful work but it is exhausting
0: and to show you you know one of the things he shared privately with me i mean so many times we'd be driving to the mass and so I would be driving he would be leading the rosary and sometimes like he would skip the glory be or the you know sometimes it was a little you know Uh because we just kept going and I never said anything I was driving and one time I said to him after like oh father we missed I don't know if it was a whole deck, whatever it was. And he's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was distracted. The Lord was already telling me some of the healings for tonight. Oh, precious. And, that's, and so you think, okay, you know, we pray the rosary. It's effective. Our lady is <laughs> interceding. And, and Amen. you know, we're driving in the car, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that. We haven't even met these people. We are praying for these people. And he is tangibly hearing are our, our prayers being answered in that moment so of praying beautiful. the rosary yes. those beads are powerful for sure they
1: are they're so powerful and, and blessed mother is so close to her son jesus mm. who is the divine physician right so of course she is very much involved in this process of healing and father is one of many people who are involved in healing ministry. So I do want the listeners to know that God has raised up many people with gifts of healing. Now, it's not always easy to find those people, but um, God wants to heal his people.
0: He does. And and the Eucharistic table is a healing. Every Uh, time we were at Mass, the biggest healing. You know, Father would joke with people as well, because thousands would show up at the church right to 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 for the mass and for him to pray for them and he would joke sometimes and say I didn't. Jesus is healing. It's not me. It's Jesus, and I didn't bring him from Rwanda. He didn't come with me. <laughs> he's here in your tabernacle, and he's not going home with me when I leave. Exactly. You can still come tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, Amen. and at the at the mass. You know that what a big healing that is.
1: Thank you for saying that, because that is the urging that we need to really emphasize to everyone out there. God is present to us, mm. and especially within the Catholic Church, we can go and be in front of the. Black Blessed Sacrament, either at a church that has him exposed or sitting in front of a tabernacle where he's reposed. And he is the living God. He's he there. Is. He's
0: there and he's waiting for us. He's and waiting for us to come and just have a conversation. Exactly. Just Or just listen. Just be still. Just and come to him. And just let him love you.
1: Let amen. him love you. Mm, because amen. his love is what changes us. It's what heals us. It's what leads us forward into whatever oh. it is that he wants for us, so um, this is uh, Letty Medina with healing the whole person. And after this short commercial break, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about um, how the Lord did call Father Ubald home unexpectedly. It's never we're not in control, right? We're not. We, in it's control. not what we would have wanted. But yeah. we're gonna hear about how he faced the, those final months uh, as a man of God. Thank you. We'll be right back after this short break.
0: Hi, this is Matthew Nelson with the Catholic Men's Group at St. Lucie Parish in Racine, Wisconsin. If you're a man looking to enrich your faith, we invite you to join our Band of Brothers Scripture Study every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. We review the Sunday Mass readings and discuss how that applies to us Catholic men in today's society. That's Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. at St. Lucie Parish in Racine. A Prayer for Deliverance with Father John Grigas, the Rector of the National Shrine of St. Maximilian Kolbe at Marytown. In the name of the Father, the Son,
1: and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, we just ask for the grace of the Holy Spirit to come down upon us, the intercession of Our Lady and of all the saints and angels, and we come against any influence of the occult of the new age that might have infiltrated any of our listeners, their children, their grandchildren, their nieces, nephews, brothers and sisters and families, and we bind Satan and all of his minions in any way that have binded. Any of these individuals or their families in this occult practices, and we invoke Mother Mary, also and all the saints, and in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, I just break all bounds and all influences of the new age upon any one of our listeners, and may they be broken in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May He send upon them the grace of the Holy Spirit to free them, and may our Mother Mary place her motherly mantle so to protect them and crush the head of the evil one as she was promised to do so in Genesis after the fall.
0: Amen.
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is Letty Medina with Healing the Whole Person, and I'm here with Monique, and we're talking about Father Ubald and his life and legacy, and we're going to start talking a little bit about his final months. Um, Sure. I think it's important for people to recognize that he did not stop his ministry
0: because of the... Um, the COVID. He didn't. He didn't. So he was here in the States in, in, in March of 2020 and was planning on going back. And as we all know, COVID hit. And so he was, for lack of a better words, stuck here in the United States. It was a big blessing for us. But um, he was here and, and couldn't travel back to, to Rwanda. So... He actually did very well. You know, the, we had no masses with healing prayers during that time um, as everything was shut down. And and he had a compromised um, immune system, so, so we were especially careful with him. But then came... October, he started traveling a little more. Actually, September, he started traveling a little more. He came to Chicago for a couple weeks just to rest and see friends, and and he traveled to Wisconsin and, I think, Nashville. And and then he came back in October, and from here, he went back to the shrine of Our Lady of Good Help in Green Bay and and had a mass, and then he went back to kind of his home base is in Jackson, Wyoming. And when he got back to Jackson, Wyoming in mid-October, He came down with the symptoms of COVID and and came down with COVID. And so he did okay for a few days, but then his oxygen levels really started dropping. And so uh, he went to the hospital in, in Jackson. There... Um, he was diabetic, borderline diabetic, so um, he had some underlying issues, and, and he would get better and then get worse, get better and then get worse, and finally got to the point where they had to intubate him, and they airlifted him to uh, Salt Lake City, to a bigger hospital that could do more for him. It was a university hospital, and that's where he ended up spending the rest of his days. He was in uh, Salt Lake For three months, for three months, he was sick in the hospital and and really suffered greatly. Uh, They were able to take him off of the the ventilator for a brief time, and we thought that he was recovering, but then um, his oxygen just wasn't there, and so uh, they had to put him back on it. And as a result of being on intubated for so long, there was just so much scarring on his lungs from the ventilator, actually. Of course, yeah. And so his lungs were severely damaged and as a result his heart was really working overtime and, and pumping extra hard to get oxygen to his lungs and so then his heart you know he had inflammation of his of his heart and so at that point it was just very difficult to to recover he he was in and out for a lot of that time though he prayed um he prayed often he would say that now I, I praise God I praise God that I have COVID because now I know how to pray for those who have who have COVID. How beautiful! And he would pray for those who were suffering with COVID, but he was always praising God even in his suffering and he did suffer greatly. Um, he had a tracheostomy, and and eventually we thought he was he was doing better. Um, he got a speaking valve and he learned how to use it and so he could speak to us through his speaking valve and. And was offering it all up. He just wanted to thank, he was saying, you know, thanking everyone for their prayers, because ev- so many all over the world were praying for him, especially his beloved country and his beloved people of Rwanda, who who really, you know, he would celebrate a mass and 80,000 people would show up there. He would have to have it in the stadiums because people... Tr- were so drawn to him and God was using him so powerfully with the healings and so imagine the country doesn't have him home and he's sick and so they were all desperately praying praying for him and and so he would say you know that he was praying for all those that were asking him for prayers everyone who was praying for his intercession he was there and and he was praising God even his, in his suffering it it was incredible to see someone who he suffered so greatly and he suffered quietly and I think mainly he suffered with joy he was still joyful and he was still praising God even amidst the frustration before you know he had the speaking bell to be able to communicate and before i mean there was just such great suffering wow. but he did it with such joy for the lord as he lived his life exactly. even in the illness he he was able to offer up the suffering and still praise god and have the joy of jesus in him and that's, in his heart and
1: that's what you read about in the lives of the saints right that they often do suffer because they're so christ-like that the lord shares his cross of suffering with them but there's such power from that suffering that goes out into the whole world just as it did from the cross
0: amen amen i i truly believe yes he was sanctified here on earth before he was called home and because of his suffering and and it was a battle well fought as we say He he and I think that was one of the readings, um, at his funeral mass, you know, he, he fought the battle well and God brought him home and and I'm just so grateful grateful now that we have an intercessor in heaven and that we have someone that can intercede for us and who we know when he walked i mean he just was so in love with our lord and and lived the joy and the love and the mercy and the forgiveness of god and and now we have him advocating for us and praying for us and interceding for us in heaven so So praise god
1: yeah and and again if we look back at the reality that Jesus Christ um, only had a public ministry himself for three years, right? Right. And then the Father said, okay, it's time to suffer and die for the salvation of souls, for the salvation of the world. Um, and that that's so hard for people to wrap their minds around. Well, why didn't they? You know, why couldn't he live on on Earth for a longer period and heal more people? But the reality is, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and Amen. from that place, there yes. is amazing healing going on, and much more work through the Holy Spirit oh that gosh. is happening because he is in heaven. For sure. And what more
0: can he do right? there? Being so much more, so much more. And so, yeah, I remember hearing like you know, pe- we were when he was hospitalized. Like he still has twenty years of ministry left in him like this can't be his story and and you know living our faith our faith sustains us and we and we know when God calls us home that's our time and his plan it's his it's his greater plan and 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 I'm sure father can do greater things from above than than he could even walking on this earth and you know we talk about his projects which we can talk about um They're going to continue on. And I think all of us who had the privilege and honor of being with him and knowing him and loving him and working with him and all those that he touched at the Mass, we can carry on his legacy. His legacy doesn't go away. And the message of forgiveness that he preached for his beloved Rwandans is universal. The message is universal. And it, it really impacts all of us. And I think it's up to us. We have this responsibility now, or I feel a responsibility, to really... Carry on his legacy of healing and forgiveness and turning to God and conversion and opening our hearts to to let Jesus heal them. We, Jesus can't heal us if we don't open our hearts and ask for the healing.
1: Exactly. So He was a beautiful witness for the time that God wanted him to be a witness amen. on this earth, right? Amen. And now he is no longer constrained by a fragile body. He is with our Lord. fully yes. And he can and is interceding yes. for us. I'm sure he's praying for us right now, Monique. I, I think so. I asked him to before <laughs> <did> this. Too. <laughs> so I have every confidence he's praying for us. Amen. And and again I wanna emphasize to the listeners, if we could understand how close the communion of saints mm-hmm. is to us, right? Oh. They mm. are right there, and we need to call upon their names as we call upon the name of Jesus, right? Jesus is our Lord and Savior. But we pray and ask for the saints to intercede because that's what they're supposed to be doing
0: They, they want us to, and, and I'm guilty. So often I forget. I know. And, and can turn and ask for the intercession of these beautiful saints so much more than I do. It's a good reminder to to call upon them. And, and they lived, you know, they received a special grace, I believe, by God to live on this earth and, and have lived with such virtue. Absolutely. Um, Father Ubald was so childlike. Even with everything he went to, I was always in awe of how joyful and childlike he was and how how he lived all the virtues he, he did he just they were in him he, he was filled with peace he was filled joy love
1: mercy yeah you could see it every time i saw him in person it was so
0: evident it was and 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 so now i think gosh right how much more can can father and and not that he is a saint quite yet (laughs) Yet. um god willing but you know the, the the saints of the church how much they they pray for us and they do want us to ask for their intercession
1: amen amen um so he passed away on january 7th and he was 64 years old um what what happened after he passed away
0: so he had so Because his heart was working so hard, he actually had a cardiac event, and his heart just started weakening and weakening. And and then soon thereafter, um, his heart just stopped. Mm -hmm. He had a very peaceful death. Um, He was surrounded... a good friend, Casey, Casey, his dear, dear sister in Christ, who was praying the divine mercy chaplet and and he was called home and it was very, very peaceful. And so, there was such an outpouring here in the United States that um, there was a funeral service in Salt Lake City shortly thereafter. Um, We actually had to keep his remains in Salt Lake for quite some time because Rwanda was closed because of COVID. And so there was a lot of, you know, working with the embassies and and all that to get him to get him back home. But thanks be to God, the doors opened. And in last week, he flew home to his beloved country that he loved so much. And they were able to have a funeral and I don't know if I mentioned the, this this time, I know I did in the past, he had started a center for the secret of peace in Rwanda over this beautiful piece of property overlooking a lake, Lake Kivu. It almost looks like the Sea of Galilee, if you can imagine that. And It was a center for peace, and it was where Rwandans could go Anybody, I mean, their surrounding countries, Congo, Burundi, so many would come to the secret of peace, and there were many healings. Even without Father being there, there were so many healings, and it was a sanctuary for them to go. And when he would celebrate Mass with healing prayers, because so many tens of thousands would come, it was open land, like a mountain, and so everyone was able to come. People would travel on days, or for days on foot, to, to attend one of his Masses. And so he his final resting pr- place is at the Center for Peace. Beautiful. Which is in. so he was building his different projects there. He had built a church which was finished which is just beautiful and then he had built a, an Adoration Chapel because Adoration was such a big part of, of his life and, and so he's buried next to the Adoration Chapel which mm-hmm. I think is so appropriate because that's where he loved to be was in Adoration. Beautiful. And over the looking the lake so he is finally there and we're going to try to continue to help him finish the project. It's not quite finished. Okay. He's um, built was in the process of building a podium. And in Rwanda, um, unfortunately, so oftentimes when the priests get older and retire, they're kind of abandoned. They don't have anywhere to go. And so Father was in the process of building on the property. A place for retired priests Beautiful. to be able to come and live. And so many people would ascend um, that they would, so many priests came to volunteer to hear confessions before mm-hmm. the healing, the mass with healing prayers. And so all these priests would now have a place to stay and, and a home where they would also be able to use their gifts as a priest and, and give the sacrament of reconciliation. And so that project is underway and, and so we're we're going to try to you know continue his mission and legacy and and help complete that oh i love help that. complete that we also have he wanted to bring a couple priests in his diocese back in rwanda to the united states to study to get take some counseling psychology classes to help the people of rwanda who are suffering Mm -hmm. with um the after effects of the genocide and so if anyone has any information or could help i know you know i was working here in chicago we have catholic universities here that um that maybe you know a priest or two could come and, and work at a parish and help at a parish and study and take some counseling classes so that they can help minister to the people back at the C- the Center for Peace. How beautiful. So if anyone has information or could help me with that, um, you could go to his website and, sh- and shoot an email. I would greatly appreciate it. But that's something on my heart that I would love to help him continue and help these priests equip them with the knowledge to be able to continue Father's mission and help the country heal.
1: I, b- I believe the Lord is going to fulfill that hope
0: of no, yours. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I do. It was important to Father, and and he had started, started that mission, and we had just started talking about it, but he was really... Um, he really wanted this for those priests so they, they could help Yes, help in his country at the center how beautiful
1: so several things that I want to emphasize um, related to this center of, for peace so you talked about the sacrament of confession and again I can't emphasize this point enough and in fact my next month uh, my show for next month on um, fullness of life is all about the sacrament of confession because it oh. is one of the healing sacraments and so please Um, anybody who's listening who's hurting who um, especially with that that struggle with forgiveness or inability to forgive um, or other sins whatever sins whatever struggles you have God wants to bring healing and freedom to you Mm. through the grace of confession do not be afraid to come and lay your burdens down at the feet of christ because that's what happens in the confessional you lay your burdens down and he takes them away from you
0: he does and then the graces you receive following you're so much more open to receiving the graces that he wants to shower down upon exactly.
1: you it's 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 just too good to be true and so um please 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 uh continue to to be open to that wonderful sacrament. Don't be afraid. The other thing that you mentioned is his love for adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. So for those of you who um, maybe don't really know much about adoration, what that is, is there are churches all around the world that have uh, Eucharistic adoration. What what that means is they take um, the Blessed Sacrament, the Eucharist, uh, that is our Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and they place him in this beautiful golden uh, monstrance a, a kind of a starburst shaped kind of mm-hmm. holder and then they place him on the altar so that people can come and look upon Jesus face to face Okay, and I know it's a leap of faith to be able to look at the Eucharist which looks like a white host a white piece of bread but as Catholics we believe and we we are convicted that is the true body, blood, soul and divinity that is mm-hmm. Jesus Christ in in the flesh, and when we sit with Jesus, healing happens. Miracles happen. Grace flows into us. We start learning about what can, what, what He's asking us to do in our lives, um, and He gives us the grace to to change and become the people we're called to be.
0: He does, and it is amazing. Sometimes you can go with a problem and just sit there and not know what to do, and three days later. All of a sudden, you have this aha moment, and you know how to solve the problem. And this problem solved, exactly. And you know it's because you, you sat, can't. you took this time, and you sat with Jesus, and you shared with him your problem, and allowed him and asked him for your help. How do I? How do? How do I solve this? What do I do? Exactly. Where do I go? Um, and like Letty said too, when when you've been to confession, the sacrament of reconciliation, and you do that, boy, the grace is just abound. They do. The grace is abound. Father, when we would go to the masses with healing prayers, you know, we went all over, and always, if I if I saw there was an adoration chapel, you know, a lot of times you're pulling in, and there's a sign, perpetual adoration, or ador- I'm like, oh, Father, there's an adoration chapel. 100% of the time he was like drop me off let's go in there first hey, and, and you know tell me 10 minutes before I need to be in the sacristy before the ma- you know amen. he just loved it he really It filled he him loved up. It, it filled f- him yeah. it filled him
1: amen so why don't we share this beautiful prayer for the recognition of Father Uvald um, that you brought Sure. Today. so
0: there's a prayer and I, th- I think that it will be on his website shortly um, and and we're having cards made so for a donation you can receive cards and it's it's really a prayer for intercession for father and of course um any healings that come from praying praying this prayer uh, you can post at his website as well go ahead so i will read it in the name of the father son holy spirit amen heavenly father We give you thanks for your servant and priest, Father Ubald Rugirangoga, whose life and ministry manifested the miraculous power of your divine mercy. Facing unspeakable pain and sufferings, he entrusted himself to you through intense prayer and total surrender. In your infinite goodness, you sent Father Ubald to his beloved Rwanda into the world as a joyful apostle of peace and reconciliation, preaching forgiveness and healing in the name of Jesus. His testimony, fueled by his love for the Eucharistic presence and his filial devotion to the Blessed Mother, brought a multitude of souls to the church and into a living and loving relationship with you in the Holy Spirit. If it be your will, O God, glorify your servant Father ubald and make known his holiness by granting the favor I now ask through his prayerful intercession.
1: That is beautiful. Amen. Oh, thank you, thank you, Monique, for coming and sharing your. Thank you
0: for having me. It's such a personal
1: love for this priest. It's a gift.
0: It's a gift to be able to to talk about him and share his ministry, and, and I'm so thankful you for allowing me to have the voice to do so absolutely
1: um thank you all please visit the website fatherubal.com if you want to learn more about his books his dvd um, and how to uh, get these holy cards with his absolutely absolutely until we meet again again we uh, turn to our lord he is the divine physician bye
0: have been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at WSFIRadio.org has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.